Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Patriots Daily is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Hey, Alex Barth working overtime today. Man of the people, company man. Uh, This is another week we're going to be talking about college football quarterbacks because the Patriots really don't even have a starting quarterback right now. We have no idea if Mac Jones is going to be playing number one on the QB depth chart for the Patriots when they come out of the bye week in week 12 to face off against essentially the Tommy DeVito-led Giants. That's going to be a fascinating matchup, especially if it's Bailey Zappi. But you know what? We don't have to talk about that because it's a bye week. We're just going to focus on college quarterbacks. But before we get into all that good fun, Alex, how are you doing, pal? Like I said, second show of the day. I'm looking forward to this. If you just watch Patriots beat before this, you can go find it on the on the Press Pass channel there. I had to give my, like, whole Mia Culpa on Mac Jones at the end of the show, so that bummed me out. So now we get to get excited again. Yes, sir. I, you know, everybody who watches the show knows this is my favorite time of the week. First game we're going to be reviewing from last week, J.J. McCarthy in Michigan versus Penn State. I feel like this is a good place to start because there's not a whole lot to talk about. J.J. McCarthy only threw eight passes, seven completions for 60 yards. Uh, You know, not the most involved performance that you've ever seen from a quarterback. What was your explanation for that? Because I watched Dane Brugler and Nate Tice's show. They said that they thought it was a product of the fact that Penn State has one of the best pass rushing groups in the entire nation. And the run was working for them. So they just decided, hey, we're going to go with what works. But you had a different perspective from our conversation earlier. Yeah. So, okay, they have one of the best pass rush groups. They also have the best run defense. So if you're trying to hide from a strength, running the ball against Penn State doesn't make sense. I just... Didn't we all use, don't so many people use the three pass wind game in Buffalo against Mac Jones. That's what this was. Yeah. That's what this was. They, they had to, they knew that their best way to win it was to run the ball, not put the ball in the quarterback's hands. Does that mean that JJ McCarthy's undraftable? No, but my thing from the beginning, what's my thing been with McCarthy? We don't know. We don't know. He's so incredibly raw. And there's such little on his plate. There's so much development that needs to be done. He didn't learn anything about J.J. McCarthy in that game. Hand the ball off. Well, like, look, and he ran, look, I'll give him credit. He ran the ball well. Mm-hmm. And he does bring that element. And that's part of the reason I think a lot of people are excited about him. And I get it. But when you're talking about, you know, I see some people talking about him as a top 10 pick. He doesn't have nearly the resume or nearly the production as a passer to back that up. I, I'm kind of just back where I was with McCarthy. Yeah, he's a day two, low floor, high ceiling project player. That's what he mm-hmm. is. That's what he's been. You, John Harbaugh wasn't there. Or Jim, or which, Jim Harbaugh, sorry, wasn't there. You had the offensive coordinator as the head coach. You don't think the offensive coordinator wants to get in there and sling that ball? Everything was set up. I would argue for them to throw it. Again, the number one run defense in the country. And they continue to, and they ran it well. And they ran their offensive mm-hmm. line's really good. And you know who, who's a really good player who I wouldn't hate seeing end up on the Patriots on day three or, or in round three is Blake Corum. If they oh, don't yeah. have to use a top 50 pick on Blake Corum, which I don't know, maybe, 
you talk about a guy that we've said this a lot today. They need a running back. that's going to be a, a factor of the passing game. Mm-hmm. Go bring me Blake Corm or Donovan Edwards. Those are the guys that are making that Michigan offense go. I'm not saying JJ McCarthy's hindering them. He's just kind of along for the ride. Mm-hmm. On day two, yeah, for the upside, sure. He's not a first round pick. If you had, if you truly had a first round pick quarterback, you would be comfortable throwing the ball in that game, regardless of the pass rush. And this is a guy who one of his best traits is he's elusive. So that should counteract that pass rush. I, it, it's no disrespect to, to to Dane and those other people. I mean, they may be right. But I just, that's how I see, I see it a little differently. That's, I come away from that. And I look at that as they weren't comfortable putting the ball in his hands. All right. So when do you think is the next time we'll actually get an opportunity to sling it and show teams what he's actually capable of with a fuller plate? Because he has had, you know, I don't want to say a full plate necessarily, but he's dropped back and he's thrown the ball. But when are we going to get a chance to have that game where NFL evaluators, NFL evaluators say, this is it. This is why I want him on the board, want him higher, lower, what have you. It's Michigan, Ohio state. That's going to be it. I mean, they play Maryland this week, which is a decent team. Uh, It'll be one of the better defenses he's faced, honestly, but Mm -hmm. that Ohio state games, like if they, here's like, if they run the ball a ton again on Ohio state, they were not giving him the ball in big games. That becomes a thing. Yeah. If he goes out and slings it around against Ohio State, all right. I just need to see him do it against one team so I know he can do it. That's pretty much it. So to me, it would be Ohio State. Honestly, if they make the Big Ten championship, that Iowa defense is really good. And then obviously in the college football playoffs. So he'll have more chances, certainly. I just think that this was a chance that was missed. It wasn't his only chance. It was his last chance. This was a chance that was missed to prove what he can do. And it would be irresponsible to assume that teams aren't going to look at this game and say, hmm, that's pretty strange. And at the very least, it's one of those things where you talk to someone you may know on the coaching staff if you're an right. NFL team and their scouts would be like, all right, what was going on here? Like, did you guys not feel comfortable? They're going to get that information. We won't unless it gets leaked. But NFL teams will have a better understanding of why exactly that went down. Yeah. Next game we've got Michael Penix. Versus Utah, the best defense he's faced this season. He had a pretty good performance, 24-42, 332 yards, and two touchdowns. This was a game where, in terms of big plays, I didn't think he had really a ton. Uh, He did have the run for a touchdown, which I don't think people should confuse that with him being like a mobile quarterback. There are some guys like a Dak who, you know, if they break a tackle and scramble in the open field – or when they're in those short yardage situations, you know, they can make a little something happen, but you're not going to go and like call zone read and really try to get them involved in the run game when you're in open space. But his two touchdowns, I thought were pretty impressive. There was the one where fake the bubble screen, throw back across the field, perfectly led his receiver. And then the other where it was just a dot in the middle of the field against tight coverage. So there weren't a lot of highlight moments, but I did think the good plays were really good. And I didn't see a lot of bad. What did you think? Yeah, again, I, 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 and it's a good defense, right? It's mm-hmm. a good defense that he tore apart. So I, I, I think that was a, a plus game uh, for Michael Penix. I think that can, you know, his first round pick, he's, he's closer to that. I, I, I still don't have him in the Caleb Williams, Drake May tier. And I, I, I don't think he's going to get there because it's not an ability thing. It's the knees and the age. Mm-hmm. Or I should say, it would be the other two coming back to him, not him going up to them. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, you know, he showed his first round pick. He tore apart an elite defense. Uh, I think you have to be exceptionally happy with that effort, especially when you look at 
what Caleb Williams did against Utah, things like that. Uh, this was a very, very good game for Michael Penix. I, I, I think this was, this is one of the games that again, when you go and if you're somebody like you're defending your, where your standing is with him, like you're saying, this is a guy, this is the guy's legit. He's a first round pick. He's a top 15 pick. He's a top 10 pick. This is one of those games you're going to go back and point to and said, he did what he needed to do in this game. Score early. This NFL season with FanDuel. You know it's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Look, if you're not good at math, you, you even you know that's a good deal. I mean, I'm not good at math. I, I know that's a good deal. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use, so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off your NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, here we go, folks. Now, pay attention to this. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. My thing is, I'm still wondering whether he is a very early, like first off the board round two selection or a mid to late first round selection because we talk about this every week, but even with this performance, there are the season ending injuries. There's the fact that because of those injuries, he's also lost some of his physical ability. And if you draft him, my thing is, if you draft him, you need to have enough things around him already in place for him to succeed. Like if you would put Michael Penix in this offense, I'm not sure he would look, I'm not saying he'd look as bad as Mac Jones because Mac Jones has made this situation even worse with poor decision-making. I think that's the strength of Penix's game. But at the same time, I don't think you put him in this similar situation and he's necessarily going to thrive. So the way I see it is, you know, you get a receiver or a tackle that you really trust and you're like, this is going to be a pillar of our offense going forward. Then in the first round, you address whichever one of those you haven't already. And then early in the second round, then you get your Penix because it's like, all right, we've built this thing out. Here's a guy who can just handle the controls and do what he needs to do. So what do you think about where he actually should go? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think he can make plays. I I, I think he can be a playmaker. I, I, I don't know that he's going to elevate the worst offense in the league, but I, I think if you yep. give him like an average offense, he'll make, he'll, he'll make it above average. Right. The, the, the thing that's going to drop him for me again, is he goes to Indy, he goes to the combine and teams get a closer look at his knees and there's an issue. And if that's the case, it, it's not going to drop him from the first to the second. It's going to drop him from the first to like the sixth because teams aren't going to invest that high of a pick in a quarterback with bad knees. So and that point, I'm at like, sorry, say that again. It's in the shoulders as well. That's the shoulders. Yeah. All that. So he's got to pass the medical stuff. If he doesn't, I don't think it's the difference between first and second. It's much greater than that. I still think, I, I still think he's a first round talent. I do. I, 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 there's enough there to me that Again, like you said, is he going to elevate this current Patriots offense? Probably not. You know, could he have, uh, I don't want to say an impact similar to CJ Stroud because obviously what Stroud's doing right now is so unbelievable, but right. you know, Stroud is the kind of thing you're hoping, you're hoping that's kind right. of what he could be. Could it, 
could it be like a, a, a that to a lesser extent where I think Stroud, I know a lot of people knock Houston's offense. I, they're not bad. They're not good, mm-hmm. but Robert Williams, an NFL caliber receiver. Tank Dell's a damn good player. Yeah. Um, you know, John Mechie can play like they, they, it's not bums. I take the Texan skill position players over the Patriots skill position players, right? Yes, sir. If you put Penix in a situation like that, could he take you from average to above average? Yeah, I think he could. Again, I'm not saying he's going to be Stroud, but he's an elevator. He's an elevator, certainly. And I think that there's really only three guys in this trap in this draft that I'm comfortable saying have a chance to come in and be elevators in year one. And he's one of them. And I think if a guy has a real chance to elevate your team in year one, that's a first round pick. Yeah. And I don't want to make it seem like I think that Penix is just some statue who's only going to take what's there. I do think in terms of play extension ability and being able to create, I think he's got what you want from a pocket passer where he's not going to scramble and do anything crazy, but he's going to do enough to maneuver and buy himself more time and his playmakers well to make something happen in that regard. But it's more that when I say that, you know, he's more limited in what he can do, especially relative to the other people in this class. Like we're talking about Jaden Daniels, we're talking about Caleb Williams, we're talking about Drake May. Like these are guys who physically really can be those difference makers that kind of scare you. But with Penix, it's more it scares me because he doesn't have a great arm. And, you know, Jaden Daniels doesn't have a great arm either. But again, it's when you have shoulder issues, it's how much worse is that going to get? But again, I do agree that I think he can make an offense that's solid, pretty good offense. So don't want to take anything away from him. Next game, Oregon-USC, Bo Nix against Caleb Williams. Now, this was another one where I didn't think, honestly, either quarterback had super impressive highlights. I thought Bo Nix, there were a couple of times where he either got off his first read and had a good second reaction throw, or I maybe he used his eyes to kind of move the safety and then took advantage of a big window. USC's defense did <laughs> Oregon's offense a whole lot of favors. But Wait, it was the same remember, kind Taylor, of thing what's, what's the technical term for the what's USC the defense? Term? Do you remember from last uh, week? I oh my god, no! Give it to me one more time. Ass. I'll remember next week. Ass, yes, ass, ass, ass defense. And, yeah. Forgot. Anyway, continue. How do I forget that? I don't know. I won't next week because this will come up again. I'm sure. But yeah. another game where I felt like Bonix just did what he had to do. It wasn't anything crazy, but it's like all right, solid. Caleb Williams. It's kind of the same thing. Honestly, I didn't think he had many plays where. When you think about Caleb Williams, now, not the hype, not the generational, the Mahomes comparisons, none of that, but I wasn't super impressed. You know, we had the typical by a little bit of time, third of the sideline. Um, there was one play, I think it was like a two-point conversion late in the game where he had a wide-open receiver and decided to leave the pocket, throw across his body. I understood that it was one of those, you just got to get the ball up. When you miss those kinds of reads with Caleb Williams' profile, it's one of those things that worries you. So what was your take on how both of those guys performed in their matchup? Yeah, I'll start Bo Nix first. It's kind of crazy to say. It's 23 or 31, 412 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. He, he did what he needed to do. And yeah. that's like that defense is just so bad. I think I said it on the last show, the expectation is he torches them. Anything short of that's a disappointment. He torched them. Good. All right. I, Caleb Williams, I feel like he's pressing now. I feel like he's, mm-hmm. I, I feel like he's pressing. I feel like he's trying to undo poor performances from the last few weeks and, Oh, he made some some seller plays, but he also made some plays that I they're the kind of plays I haven't seen him make, mm. you know, before. And I, I think that the weight of all of it, USC being out of the playoff picture, the Pac-12 picture, his draft stock falling. I wonder if we're starting to get to him. Oh, I still think he's a potential franchise quarterback and all of that, but he's still struggling against these elite defenses. 
And I think he's having trouble with the external pressure of it all right now. And those are factors you have to take into account. Uh, you know, I, I do think coming away from this week, Drake May's QB1, I've kind of reached that point. I know a lot of people reached that last week. I, I wanted to see Drake May against Duke first, and we'll get to that. Um, I, I still think Caleb Williams is QB2, and I think by a good margin over Michael Penix. But yeah, no, there's there's some red flags here. There's, and I always say no prospect's perfect, and it's not like there weren't issues with this game before. But uh, he's getting exposed a little bit. I think he's getting exposed more than we thought he would. To be exposed this much, this quickly, is surprising. And we're already dealing the Patriots with a quarterback who's his demons are kind of chasing him and he can clearly hear those footsteps. So how much does that scare you? Because, you know, we talked about him crying after the game as a human being. You're like, yeah, leave the kid alone. But you also have to understand if it's come, if they're coming to a big market, people are going to be hypercritical of you. There's going to be a ton, a ton of outside noise, both from the local uh, media and the you know fans, as well as national media, if you're a team that's remotely relevant. So where do you think Caleb Williams' draft stock could go if he doesn't turn it around, if he continues to play like he's trying to make up for poor performances in the past, like you said? Because if you're talking about the number two overall quarterback, it's a very scary place to be when you're investing that kind of capital in someone who you think might not mentally be able to overcome all the difficulties that come with being a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I know. I think it's fair. And, and look, whether it's whether it's fair or not that he gets criticized for that stuff and in letting that stuff get to him, it's going to happen. And, you know, how's he going to handle the Boston market? I think that that's certainly mm-hmm. something you need to take into account. So we'll see. But it's it, it's going to be a factor. Okay. Oh my God. You set me up perfectly. Speaking of factor real quick, we're going to send it over to our friends from factor. We'll be back. This holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, convenient meals to keep you energized on jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you fuel up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all your holiday to-dos. Too busy with holiday plans to cook, but want to make sure you're eating well? With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. Skip the stress of meal prepping over the holidays with Factor. Choose from 35-plus weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences. All delivered right to your door and ready to eat in two minutes. This November, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and eat fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready to eat in just two minutes? No prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com patsdaily50 and use code patsdaily50 to get 50% off. That's code PatsDaily50 at factormeals.com slash PatsDaily50 to get 50% off. All right, so the next guy I want to talk about, somebody who right now is my favorite quarterback in this class. I still haven't gone into the tape. I don't know where to find it. I'm looking, everyone. But based on what I've seen, Jaden Daniels is kind of my guy. One, I don't think that the Patriots are going to be able to take Drake May. I feel like barring a disastrous end of the season, he's probably going to be the first quarterback taken. So then it's okay. Who do you want after him? Caleb Williams, like we said, 
mentally might not be a great fit for the Boston market. Not only that, but his play style, like obviously he's got so much talent. There's good things there, but it's impossible to ignore how often he'll have a relatively clean pocket and you see him start that like frenetic play style comes up. Jaden Daniels, very different from that. Now, as we've talked about every single week, there are concerns with whether or not he's going to be able to reel in his aggressiveness as a runner and protect his body because he's on the smaller side physically for a quarterback. But the rushing ability is special. Like his ability, it's not the Lamar Jackson, like we talked about this earlier. He's not Lamar Jackson where the elusiveness is really crazy, but the top speed is very impressive. And you also see that when he runs, it's not the kind of thing where he panics and you see that like he's dropping his eyes and doesn't like what he sees. He's looking downfield and you can tell he doesn't see any options that are available. There was one example I think they showed on the broadcast where legitimately didn't have anybody there. And I think he like just took a check down. But you can see that his processing is pretty quick. He's pretty steady. And the athleticism is more of a bonus. And then against Florida, SEC defense, 17 for 26, 372 yards and three touchdowns passing Rushing 12 carries for 234 yards and two touchdowns, a performance that we have not seen at the FBS level. How much did that game do for Jaden Daniels' stock? Because he's already on Heisman watch. And do you think he has the potential to kind of sneak into that top 10, top five quarterback conversation? I I think it did a ton for him. And let's Mm -hmm. not forget the context in this game and that he basically didn't practice leading up to the Mm -hmm. game because he got concussed against Alabama. Uh, I, I certainly think he's he's squarely in the first round conversation right now. I think there's some things, his age, his size, that will keep him out of like the top 10. Could he catch Penix? Absolutely. Could he move into that tier? Absolutely. I think that's possible. It sucks they're not going to, you know, they're going to have a bowl game, but he's probably not going to play in it. They're not going to be in the SC mm-hmm. championship. Ironically, like all these guys chasing the Heisman, we're talking about Penix, Knicks, McCarthy. Daniel's probably going to win it. He's the only one that's not going to play in the college football playoff or isn't like currently playing for a spot in the college football playoff. But no, I, I continue to be, just be so impressed by Jane Daniels. I think you're seeing him improve like in real time. He, he's a better quarterback now than he was in September. And the mm. rate of growth with him is outstanding. I, I said this to you earlier today, Taylor, and, and, and the more I think about it, the more I like it. I see a ton of Robert Griffin, the third in him mm. I, I, as a prospect. And people are going to hear that and say, Robert Griffin, the third was a bust, So you hate him. Well, here's the thing. What did Robert Griffin the third in was he didn't take care of himself. He mm-hmm. was out of the league because of injuries, not because of ability. He was he was rookie of the year that year, right? It was him or luck. No, it was him. Yeah, like he was, was balling out, and then he blows his knee out on that crap FedEx field grass in a game he shouldn't have been playing in, and it never he never recovered. If mm-hmm. you can teach Jane Daniels to slide, like go get him a third base coach. If the, any team that drafts him should hire a third base coach in addition to the quarterbacks coach. If you can teach him to slide and go out of bounds, I, I think his potential is through the roof. Now there are other elements of his game. He needs to improve, but there are things that most young quarterbacks need to improve. He needs to be more accurate. He needs to learn kind of what windows he can and can't test things like that. But like you said, I think his ability to read the field is good. Uh, I, there's some questions about his deep ball to me. That's more of an accuracy thing than an arm strength thing. That's yeah. something you can, his mechanics need tightened up, which is the case with most young quarterbacks. They'll do that. They'll tighten up his mechanics. The athleticism is obviously off the charts. Yeah, I, I think his potential is tremendous. It's just he's not a very – he's 6'4", but he's like 215 pounds. He's not a very big yeah. guy. He's not very built. you got to figure out a way that he can still be electric and take care of himself. But you know what? That's what a lot of these quarterbacks in the league are right now. You look at the Bills with Josh Allen. 
that's their biggest problem is he can't take care of himself. Mm-hmm. So if you can get him to that point, I don't know, it'll be Josh Allen, right? But like, I, 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 I think he continues to prove week after week that he, he truly is a legitimate NFL prospect and a legitimate top 50 NFL prospect. So if you're the Patriots, you don't have a top five pick. So you miss out on Caleb Williams and Drake May. Marvin Harrison Jr. is off the board. Joe Alton, Olu Fashanu aren't available. But you're like, we got to get a quarterback. Like the generational talents, like the really, there's still great talents, obviously. Like Keon Coleman, a lot of really good guys. But if you're like, we need a quarterback and we need a guy to lead this franchise because we can't trust Mac anymore. Who are you taking, Jaden Daniels or Michael Penix Jr.? Yeah, I so I I mean if I'm take I don't I, I'd probably take Penix if that's the pick. Cause okay. I just you need this team can't really afford to go through the year or two of development you're gonna need with Jane Daniels. That being said, like if I can still get Joe Alt or I can still get Keon Coleman and then find a way to double back late in the first, early in the second and get Daniels, I'd probably do that. Because okay. I think that oh. now now you're really building something. So you know, one for one, I still think Penix is a better prospect, but if it's Michael Penix or Jaden Daniels and one of those elite offensive non-quarterbacks, yeah, I'm taking that all day. The gap's not that big. I just like the fact that I feel like Daniels can create outside of structure and be a game changer in that regard more than Penix. And if you're a young quarterback, like I think a lot of the tools that Daniels has, especially mentally, I feel like if he's in the game for a while, like sure, his first year could be up and down, but it could be a big second year jump where he knows his strengths, he knows his weaknesses. And now, you know, maybe he gets into an NFL weight room, builds himself out a little bit. I'm not sure yet if he's got the kind of body type where he's like a Taekwon where he is what he is, or if he can build muscle, if he's just in the right kind of program. But I like Daniels because I feel like he kind of, and I don't want to, it's so tough in these kind of situations because I don't want to like put Michael Penix in a box and act like, right. you know, he's so limited or anything like that. But the upside with Daniels is so high. And the biggest concern is just don't get yourself hurt. And yes, that's significant. But I feel like if you're in a situation like we talked about, where if you're the Patriots, you're probably going to get a new backup quarterback. Like you don't want to go in with Mac Jones is the right. only quarterback that you can really have any faith in. Bailey Zappi's probably not in their long-term plans because they've already waived him. So you think you get like a Jacoby Brissett or a Josh Dobbs, and it's like, hey, we want you to protect yourself. If you're not ready or we don't trust you to protect your body, we're just going to put somebody else in until you prove and show us that you are going to play smart football. So I don't know. It's so tough just because I, even if Daniel struggles, I think he can still make big plays for you. Whereas I feel like, Penix is going to be the better player for the first year, maybe the first two years. But once it's a third season where you're like, all right, show us what you got. Daniels is going to be like in another category. So I don't know. Assuming Daniels, assuming Daniels makes it to the third year. And this is like, that's the thing. Yes. Well, here's the thing. You're, you're new to covering the draft. This is something about Penix as well. You can say the same thing about Penix. You can say the same about Penix, uh, but it's, it's a little different because he's not actively putting himself in in harm's way. The way Daniels is. This is something we do a lot, Taylor, with the draft at all positions, in all rounds, all these different players. Evan calls it a flavor pick. It's not necessarily that one guy is definitively better than the other. What are you mm-hmm. looking for? What specific trait or traits? So like this, and this is a, the, the biggest example of a flavor pick, floor versus ceiling. I don't think they can afford to miss on a quarterback again. I don't think they can. I think there's less of a chance you miss on Penix. The hit with Daniels might be bigger, and I think this is all kind of on the margins, but 
and look, that might change. This can totally change. Um, you know, another good example of this, and, and I think we're going to do this a ton, and, and you sort of talked about there a little bit, is with the wide receivers. That's going to be another, you know, flavor pick. Marvin Harrison Jr. has won one. Nobody's down to that. I think he's the consensus number one player on the board right now. Keon Coleman, Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunze. Y- you could ask, you know, six different people. They'll rank them all in different orders. And I don't know that anybody's right or wrong. What do you want? Mm. Do you want size? Do you want the true X? Go up and get it. And you want Coleman. Do you want more, you know, athleticism? Then you want neighbors. Do you want the technician? Then it's so dude. Like, I, you could argue it back and forth. It's just about what do you want for the team? And I think we're start, I, I still think just because they're, I, I, I need to see Daniels clean up a little bit. But I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if once we get through the combine and we really see Jay and Daniels athletically test and we have Michael Penix's medical conditions, uh, medical workout workouts, workups, it would not be surprising if we get to the point where it becomes a flavor pick between Penix and Daniels. That would not surprise me. I think that's very fair. All right. We've been on Jaden Daniels. I could talk about him all show. We will move on. Now we're going to hit Florida State versus Miami, where he had Jordan Travis going up against the Hurricane defense. His stat line, as soon as my screen loads, 19 to 31, 265 yards, and one touchdown. Quite the modest day. Another one where, honestly, I didn't see anything too crazy where I was – I really lean one way or the other. I'm trying to think of what the plays were. I know we had, like – um I think he ran in for a score. He had a nice pass on a slant. I'm looking through his highlights right now. Um, yeah, he had a pretty two, crazy two-play sequence in the fourth quarter where he scrambled and got made something out of nothing. And then he threw a really nice touchdown in the corner of the end zone. But other than that, it didn't really move the needle for me. What did you think of his performance? Yeah, I, I, I thought he was good, not great. Again, he was better against that defense than most quarterbacks have been. So you, you give him the credit for that. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I, I would have liked to see a little bit more. I think your tweet on him uh, was a good point that like he kind of does a lot of the same things that Mac Jones does, but they work. Is that stuff going to fly in the NFL? How much of that is he going to be able to cut out of his game and still be effective? I, that's kind of the big question I came away uh, after watching him was like, yeah, there's a ton of improv in here. And and a lot of people have compared him to Justin Herbert. Some people compare him to Josh Allen. Wait, real quick. This is Jordan Travis, my bad. Jordan Travis. Did I say, oh, did I, I say Drake I, no, my my internet sort of glitched. I um oh, all I, good. I self-corrected. I'm sorry. Um all good, so all right, forget it, forget I said all that. Let's go to Jordan Travis. Um <laughs> that's I, next I though, so name. stay tuned. Yeah. Um yeah, no, I well uh, you know, I thought Jordan Travis was good in this kind of same thing. Like I thought he was good, he could have been better, he was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have liked to see him use his legs a little bit more. I think if he's going to be a guy that you're drafting in the top 100, if he's gonna be a guy you're drafting to be the next guy versus just be purely a project some of that's going to be on his legs he didn't do a ton of that but uh, i thought he he saw the field well i thought he delivered the football well um I'm, I'm still not you know putting him in that tier with like mccarthy and um even a guy like bo Nix or queen ewers if he comes out but i i, I he wasn't bad he, he certainly wasn't bad i still think he justified he's going to be like a fringe day two pick into day three I just if he'd run around a little bit more, I think that really would have helped him. What would you say is his ceiling in the NFL? Like you mentioned the running ability, but also as a passer, what does he really bring? Because he's a guy that I haven't studied very closely yet. 
Yeah, I so it's it's tough to tell with him because he has so much talent around him, and I think that's mm-hmm. going to worry teams too. Like how much how many jump balls does he throw to Keon Coleman? It's like we're well, not going to have that available <laughs> in the NFL the way you do in in college. You know, I kind of look at the game Gardner Minshew played against the Patriots, and I'm like, yeah, I could see him sort of being that player, like playing a lot out of structure, just kind of being a headache, being a nuance, <laughs> uh, being not being a nuance, being a headache, being a nuisance for defenses because yeah. it's just like. He's he's just always going to be up to something. It, it's never and and I think that's something that he's he's really good at improvising. It's never simple with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that enough to build a career on? I don't know. You know, kind of four A player, journeyman starter, good backup. Yeah. Um. I he's not the guy that like the Patriots should be taking as the next guy. But right, because I was going to say that profile. That sounds like what Gardner Minshew is, just like a backup who's a real pain in the ass to deal with. Yeah, and look, I, I think he could be better than that. That's the kind of I'm trying to think of like who's a better version of that player. Maybe his ceiling is like Baker. Okay. You know, maybe a little lower than that. Like I, I think he could be an NFL starter, like an NFL bridge starter. I think he could get there if he maxed out. But um, yeah, I just I, I I think he maybe tried too much to disprove some of that stuff in this game, and it got away from him. Yeah. Well, so. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. The moment we've all been waiting for. Drake May against Duke. Toughest defense he's seen this season. Went 28 for 43 with 342 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. He also ran 12 times for 22 yards and two touchdowns. And you touched on it, but yeah, I tweeted that Drake May, I'm watching it because it was right after Max game or the Patriots game, but Max collapsed. And I'm watching it and I'm trying to feel better. You know, I'm trying to get some good vibes going because I was bummed out. And I'm like, a lot of these plays are things that Mac has tried this season and just he isn't that guy and they've become disasters, which then it was kind of a mixed bag where I'm like, okay, he can actually pull them off May. So that's kind of promising. But at the same time, you don't really want another quarterback who's consistently doing the things that Mac Jones has been doing in terms of why he's turning the ball over and just the outer structure stuff. Again, it's Mac Jones. He shouldn't be doing them anyway. But, you know, there's a fine line when it comes to playing outside of structure. So do you think it was a situation where, like, May just had to make things happen and he was, you know, putting on the Superman cape? Or do you think it was like, yeah, no, I know you got away with it, but you need to rein that in because it's it's concerning. Yeah, it. you know, can he still play without those kind of plays? Because they might work here and there in the NFL, but they're not going to work at the rate that they did. And I, I really hope we get to see him in a bowl game against a, a, an elite defense because I, I need to see him playing without that stuff because it's not going to go well for him in the NFL. There are shades of that. Um, I think, it'll, like you said, I think it'll work better than it worked with Mac, but eh, there's, there's, it's, it's too much out of structure. He needs yeah. to be in structure a little more than that. Like even when you think of like a Patrick Mahomes or like Lamar Jackson, do they make those crazy kinds of plays where they make highlights? Yes. But also look at them later on in their careers. Like 
Lamar and Patrick Mahomes aren't really doing the crazy scramble around underhand. Like they're not doing all the weird Brett Favre stuff. They're playing in structure as much as possible because their games won. They have been surrounded by better talent. Like Patrick Mahomes didn't have a great offensive line early on in his career. Then they were like, all right, we need to give this guy some dudes. Lamar Jackson, obviously the best offense he's been a part of. But you see a more deliberate effort to be on schedule and to not do all the kind of crazy stuff that's outside of the structure. But outside of that, when he was playing in structure, what did you think of May? And was it like, okay, as long as we can extrapolate this, we should be okay? And just like, what? who is it that you said, said that he basically needed to start coloring inside the lines? Uh, I don't think that was me. But yeah, that's kind of what he needs to do. No, oh, there, okay. there's still for like he's just as a drop back pass so that he looks excellent and that's why i still feel he's a franchise quarterback it's just going to be he needs to trust that i don't feel like he trusts that part of his game as much i don't know what it is i maybe he enjoys going off structure it would have you he needs to trust the more textbook elements of his game and, and if he does that he'll be he'll be in good shape uh he, he needs to keep throwing the ball to, to tez walker who is awesome and we, we just listed all the quarterbacks you could pair with the wide receivers. I don't think I said Tez Walker. Yeah. Tez Walker might not come out. He might stay in college. But, boy, if you can figure out a way to pair Drake May with Tez Walker, I think you're that would be fun. I want that so badly. I forget, I think it was Trevor Lawrence's class where, like, everybody ended up getting a receiver that they played in yeah. college. I'm like, yes, that is so awesome. It's like an ideal uh, NCAA franchise or something like that. I thought that was fantastic. Um, all right. Got our Drake May takes. Moving on to some games to look out for this weekend. We'll stick with Drake May. He's going to be facing off against Clemson this weekend. Will ACC match up? What do we think is going to happen in this one, and what are you looking for? For all the struggles Clemson has, has had this year, they're still a good defense. They're 160 passing yards a game. They're top 50 defense in the nation. Uh, the game's in Clemson. That is one of the toughest environments to play in in college football. They've kind of got their groove back here after they have been struggling. They've won two games in a row. They they need a win to really – they're bowl eligible, but they need a win to really lock up that bowl spot. Uh, this is a tough spot. It's a tough spot that, that Drake May stepping into. So hopefully we see some more of that in-structure stuff this week, but another good opportunity to prove himself and put some real quality tape together. Looking forward to that one. Next matchup, Caleb Williams versus UCLA. How tough of a matchup is this for him? It's a tough matchup. That UCLA team can it, – it's a physical defense. They're not as good as some of the other defenses plays, but it's been a problem for USC as a whole. They don't handle physicality well. Mm. And UCLA will come in, lower the hammer – it's a road game. Again, road game. I mean, they're both in LA, but you lived out there. You know how big that rivalry is. Um, and they're a good team. And it's just, it's that thing about they're not in the top 25 right now. I don't believe they are. I actually forgot to uh, check the the college football polls when I went to bed early last night. No, they're not ranked, but it's a, it's, it's a, it's that kind of team that he struggled so hard to beat. And after last week, the way that game went, is he still going to put up a fight with USC season essentially over? I, this one is more to quell some of the character concerns than the football concerns, but it'd be nice to see a big showing from him in this one. Okay. Next one, we got Michael Penix versus, or actually, no, wait, but quickly before I moved on, I just remembered this one. Is Chip Kelly even going to be the coach? What's I hear he might get fired. What's the deal with that? Yeah, I've been trying to, to follow that kind of today. It seems like he's on the hot seat. Um, so, you know, maybe – Maybe Caleb Williams is the one to get him fired. That might not go over super well with Bill. That's his guy. But yeah, this is, you know, 
great spot for Caleb Williams to show up and say, I'm the man. I'm going to go into your building, my rival. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to get your coach fired. I'm going to light you up. I'm going to remind everybody why I am the guy I am. Like, this would be a great spot for him to kind of, for lack of a better term, to get his swagger back. I think it's a great spot that lines up for all of that. So if you want Caleb Williams on the Patriots, root for UCLA. Otherwise, Bill <laughs> might just bar him from draft consideration if he's calling the shots next year. All right, now we got Michael Penix versus Oregon State. Do you want to drop on everybody the interesting uh, situation that could happen with Oregon State and Washington State? Because I thought that was bizarre and hilarious. So I, I don't think it it will happen. But uh, for people who don't – and this is not a quarterback thing. This is a fun college football yeah. thing. So – 10 of the 12 schools left the, the Pac-12, right? It started with USC and Washington going to the Big Ten, and, and some schools are going to the ACC. Some schools are going to the Big 12. And all that's left in the Pac-12 are Washington State and Oregon State. And basically, the, the way these conferences are run are is there's like one representative from each school that's on the board, and they run the conference. So all the schools that were leaving basically tried to dissolve the conference on their way out, which would have monumentally screwed over Washington State and Oregon State. And Washington State and Oregon State said, no, we're still here. We're still in the conference. We're the board. And it went to court and it was decided last night. And the court decided that Oregon State and Washington State now control the the Pac-12. They own the IP. They own the imaging. They own the rights to all the trademarks. They own the rights to hold the championships, all of that. So now there's a question, what's going to happen? You can't have a two-team conference, but there is a grace period. You have three years to get back up to the minimum of eight teams needed to to be recognized as a conference. So they will have to do that in the long term. In the short term, kids run the kids run the house now. They could, in theory, and by the way, this goes into effect now, not when Washington and USC and all them officially leave. Now, they could say at any point, you're leaving the conference, you're not eligible to play in the conference championship game. And even if Washington and Oregon finish at the top of the standings, they could come in and say, nope, we're the only two Pac-12 teams. We're playing in it. There's a lot of other funky things that happen with it, too. Like, they're going to make a boatload of money, both of those schools, uh, because the way postseason work in the NCAA and stuff, like, the NCAA gives money to conferences to be distributed amongst the schools. Picture the money a, a Power 5 conference gets that has anywhere from, you know, 10 to, what, 18 teams. And now it's being split up amongst two schools. Again, it won't last forever, but um, going to be fun to see how that plays out. <laughs> Absolutely wild situation. But looking back to this weekend, I just had to let everybody else know because Alex told me that today. And I was just like, I don't even understand how that's possible. You know, the law. Uh, but yeah, Michael Penix versus Oregon State. How are you feeling about this matchup? What are you looking for out of Michael? Yeah, this is a this is a big time matchup. You're talking about probably, you know, I, as much as I want the Apple Cup to be the deciding factor, and that's Washington versus Washington State. It's one of the most fun college football rivalries out there. Um, you know, they've they've kind of fallen off a little bit. This Oregon State team can play. They, they're mm. really a good football team. Now, they're better offensively than they are defensively. So this isn't so much can Michael Penix beat this great Oregon State defense, but can you go into Corvallis, a tough environment, and win in a shootout. He's already done things like this this year. It, it, I don't think this is any new ground for him, but it's just stacking that resume. It's just adding to it. This is probably the game of the week in college football. Eyes of the nation on you. You've got the uh, 
you got is it, they'll probably play in the pack, assuming that they're allowed to by Washington State and Oregon State. They'll probably play in the Pac-12 championship either way. They'd have to really implode to not do that. But you've got you know the top seed in the Pac-12 championship on the line. If they lose this game, they're probably not making the college football playoff. You got that on the line. The, the Heisman's still out there. Like their season, it's all still very much within grasp. But Penix, I mean the whole team, but it's the quarterback, right? Has to go and grab it. This is a chance for him to do that against a good team. So uh, not his most telling game, but a telling game and should just be a really damn good football game too. We love good football. We love high stakes. All right. Last one we're going to do is Jaden Daniels. I don't know what happened, but I just had an error. So I don't know who he's going. I don't know what happened on my computer. There's no team there. But he is playing Georgia State this weekend. Yeah. Doesn't seem like the most intimidating opponent, but what are we looking for in this game? Just seeing if he could put up a thousand yards in a game? <laughs> yeah, no, he should smoke Georgia State. I they should be winning by enough that he gets pulled before he gets a thousand. The re- with Jane Daniels, it's more this week, like what happens with everybody else? Because I keep okay. talking, can he catch Penix, right? Can he catch the other guys? I think he's the Heisman favorite, but again, that Michael Penix spot against Oregon State is a good one for him. So it's just like when he has a week where he's not lighting up an, a, a, an SEC defense, which this week is going to – it's Georgia State, no matter how he plays. Are we all caught up in the moment with him? When we get a chance to watch all these other quarterbacks and he's kind of not really in the picture, are we still going to be so enamored or is it a recency thing? So that's – that my, my whole thing with Jane Daniels this week is we're not watching him. Are we still mm-hmm. going to be so excited when he's not – immediately in front of our face and you know what what does the Heisman picture look like in a week where he's probably not going to help his case that much he can hurt it I don't know how much he's going to help it against Georgia State we shall see so what's your schedule looking like on Saturday which games are you going to have on the tube what is my schedule looking like uh let me pull it well so I'll tell you this I, I know um I'm trying to remember what the noon games are here's the schedule uh at noon I'll probably have Michigan on a little bit uh, I'll probably watch Louisville, Miami. That'll be a fun game just for college mm-hmm. football playoff purposes. Two o'clock, the brawl of the wild, which is Montana versus Montana state. It's a de facto conference championship game. The big sky does not have a conference championship. But they're one and two in the conference. 122nd playing game goes back to the 1800s. It is one of the heaviest trophies in college football. The Great Divide Trophy weighs over 300 pounds. What? And I mean, it's Montana, Montana State. What else is there to do up there? This is a fierce old school rivalry. (laughs) These kids have been playing each other since middle school. A lot of them probably played together when they were growing up. Um, Super fun game. Two of the best teams in the, uh, did I say they're ranked third and fourth in the nation? Playoff stakes. It's also always like 10 degrees and snowing. Mm -hmm. So not a ton of draft implications there, but you want to watch like a super fun, like, it's pure. It's, it's just a bunch of fans, players, all of them, people that just love football and love competition. Anyway, that's the brawl of the wild. I had to get that in. Uh, Georgia, Tennessee at 330 is going to be an awesome game. Bulldogs going mm-hmm. to Rocky Top. Probably their toughest test of the regular season. If they're going to get beat, this is the spot. Uh, I'll probably throw Drake May on screen too during that window. Okay. UNC at Clemson. And then in the late window, like I said, I'm I'm very excited for Washington Oregon State. I think that game is going to be uh, going to be just a really good close football game. 
Well, now I and all of our amazing viewers know where to direct their attention this weekend. Thank you so much, Alex. Once again, my favorite part of the week, and you have yet to let me down, my friend. Please let the people know what you got coming out so they can find your fantastic work. Yeah, I did. Uh, it's already out, but if you, you haven't seen it, as I do every bye week, kind of a Patriots report card, position by position, where's everybody at? So that's up, offense, defense, special teams. Excuse me, on 985thesportshub.com. Uh, I'll have Patriots mailbag up tomorrow morning as well. And then Catch 22 tomorrow morning with Evan Lazar, 10 a.m. Patriots.com. You can follow me on Twitter. It's right there at Real Alex Bar. Awesome. Thank you, buddy. Thank you all for watching. Appreciate you tuning in as always. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. 